SequelCast 2 and Friends is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. For more information, go to greenlitpodcast.com. This is a vintage episode of SequelCast 2 and Friends. Audio quality may not be up to current standards. We apologize for the nastier audio artifacts. Eddie, this place is great. <laughs> I don't have any of these games at the garage. Pick a number. I, I'm great at that. Coin toss. Eddie, these are my games. Give me 20 bucks. War. You know, Russ and I play this all the time. I'm in. There we go. All right. Oh, that's fast. Give me another Welcome to the sequel cast. The sequel cast is a podcast that looks at movies in a franchise one film at a time. This time around, we're closing out our look at the National Lampoon's Vacation franchise with a look at the final film in the series, Vegas Vacation. We'll also briefly touch on the direct video spinoff, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. With me is Thrasher. Hello, everybody, for this one last trip down the holiday road. Yep, and... uh I want to point out, you can check out past episodes of SequelCast at SequelCast.com. The SequelCast podcast is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension fleet. Check out all the great uh, film and TV uh, podcasts on the Battleship Pretension fleet at BattleshipPretension.com. And our theme song was written and performed by Mark with a C. Check out his wonderful albums at MarkWithAC.com. And uh, Thrasher, is there a website uh, you want to plug for yourself? Uh, no, just uh, my uh, Twitter handle, Internet Mayor, and also, uh, if anyone's going to be at the Origins Game Fair this June, uh, we are going to have. Uh, looks like we're going to have we're going to have over uh, twenty four hours of of role playing material for you. And if you're going to be at Vision Con in Tennessee next month, I'm going to be the gaming guest of honor. So check us out. Twenty four hours. That's going to be some serious shit. It is, Marty! It is! There you go. Okay. And if you like Back Back to the Future, we covered that on past episodes of SequelCast over at SequelCast.com. And uh, if you want to get in contact with us, the best way is go to Facebook.com slash SequelCast, or my Twitter handle is at SequelCast. So, Vegas Vacation, this came out in 1997, which was a, uh, you know, almost a full decade after National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Eight years, in fact, after that. This was uh, directed by Stephen Kessler, produced by Jerry Weintraub, screenplay by Eliza Bell, based off a story by Eliza Bell and Bob Duxay, based on characters by John Hughes, starring Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo. The kids in this one, uh, Russ is played by Ethan Embry, and Audrey is played by Marisol Nichols, as features a, a supporting role by Wayne Newton, and of course, Randy Quaid. Is you know, I use Marisol to clean my countertops. You know, I, I use Marisol at first, but then I like use, prefer using the Organic brand, uh, Mira Sun. Uh, music uh. in this is by Joel McNeely. Cinematography, William A. Fraker. 
Released by Warner Brothers in the United States in February 14th, 1997, off a budget of $25 million domestically, meaning the United States, it made $36.4 million. So a far cry from Christmas Vacation, but still, it was probably profitable after the video release. And look at the cover of this, Thrasher, Vegas Vacation. They're taking off the Christmas Vacation cover with uh, Griswold in a, Clark Griswold in a Christ-like position, but this time he's on a roulette table. With, with more crotch action, yeah, it is. It is just a a, a warm over of the the Vegas vacation uh, design. Frankly, I think I would rather I would rather see another like Boris Vallejo, Julie Bell style fantasy cover where it's him in a Vegas wasteland. You know. Yeah. Did you like the tagline on the poster? This time the Griswolds are on a roll. Get it? Like craps? The dice I, roll on the table. I think that's better. I think that is better than that. You, what was it? You will have crack a great up. time. You'll crack up. You'll crack up. Yeah, that's it. Is better. It is a better tagline oh, on that poster. Exactly. I guess the thing that I don't like about it is though, because like the the thing that does work with the Christmas vacation poster is that Griswold is in a way kind of a lovable put upon loser, and we get to see that on the Christmas poster with him in the Santa suit being electrocuted. Here, it looks like he's having the time of his life and is rolling in the money. He is, but I think, you know, unless he does a lot of yoga or Pilates, stretching your legs that far in a man can uh, cause quite a lot of pain. Or maybe that's just me. I'm not very flexible myself. Uh, so when did you first see Vegas Vacation? Uh, I saw it, uh, I think, a year after it came out, uh, showed up on the, uh, when it showed up on the HBO network, and I saw it a few times. My family rented it on videotape uh, several times. I would have just been in high school at the time, but this was a big... Uh, I don't know if I'd say classic, but I mean, we really watched this one in Christmas Vacation the most out of all of them, especially we liked the uh, the damn sequence, oh, yeah. the damn damn sequence, um, which I get confused with a similar sequence in um, what's the Mike Myers one? The the girlfriend, the stepsister wants to kill me or whatever. Oh, no. So I married an axe murderer. So I married an axe murderer. That's an awesome. Movie. I seem to recall they have a similar sequence in that film. About a dam or something, maybe not. I could be mistaken. Uh, no, well, the, he makes he makes like a, 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 a he makes like a quip. I think they go to the Niagara Falls or something, That's and it. he makes a thing about it's being it's a good goddamn. Uh, there's also in Beavis and Butthead do America. They go to the Hoover Dam, and they're on a tour. It's like, uh, yes, yeah, so are there any questions? Ah, uh, yes, I have a question. Uh, is this a, is this a goddamn? <laughs> so it's it's a cute yeah. kind of fathery joke to make. Well, exactly, and I mean, in all these films, they, they change the kids, and we've mentioned this at the start of each uh, the vacation films we covered. If you want to check out the past films we've covered, go to SequelCast.com or look us up on iTunes or what have you. Uh, in this one, you know, Audrey is played by Marisol Nichols, and Russ is played by Ethan Embry. What do you think the kids in this installment? You know, I, I, like, I liked Rusty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, Audrey just seems like an afterthought. They never give her much to do, much like the character of Meg on Family Guy. Mm. She's kind of a doorway. I mean, they... Um, and to be fair, I think this movie, uh, unlike all the other vacation films, focuses a lot more on Clark and Audrey, or Ellen, I'm sorry. Well, it really goes into their relationship, which is one yeah. of the things that I like about this film. Hmm. Um, so in this one... The way they get to Vegas is Clark invents a really effective food preservative, 
because he works in the food preservative industry, and he gets a huge bonus check. He decides to spend a, a large part of it, at least, to take his whole family to Vegas, where, as part of his plan, he's going to have a, you know, like a second wedding as part of the anniversary thing with his wife. Which is actually pretty cool. I, I like that. I like that they don't rely on some crazy game show to get them uh, to a new city. It's just, hey, I've got some extra spending cash. Let's treat ourselves to a trip. Sure. I mean, what is that? Have you ever been to Las Vegas on a vacation? Yes, I have. And when was this? It, oh, this was actually. Uh, it would have been in either '96 or '97 because it was it was shortly after I got my driver's license. We went, mm. uh, uh, my whole family. We went on a, a huge cross country road trip that went all the way out to Vegas and then back to uh, Virginia, and it was a it was a fantastic trip. I've always wanted to go back. Uh, I'm always trying to find an excuse to go for the uh, the Gamma Trade Show just because that I can write that off as a business expense. That's true. Very true. Uh- but we're not here to give financial information because we're not authorized to do so on the sequel cast. Um, not that we claim to be, mind you. That's very true. But uh, yeah, we the can't time, be sued. The first time I went to Las Vegas was, uh, you know, last year in uh, 2012 in the the late summer, I believe, uh, with my wife. And I'd never been, and I thought it was a real lot of fun. And uh, one thing, uh, my sister also went recently with her husband, and she said Las Vegas is kind of like a bunch of shopping malls all connected together. And she's not wrong, especially uh, since after the point this Vegas vacation was made, you have a lot of very much the themed hotels, like the Paris, the uh, you have the New York, what's the, what's the New York hotel the New York, called? I think it is called just New just York. New York, New York, I think. Uh, Excalibur is kind of cheesy, but like the more up to date later, Luxor. the latest clubs, or even newer than Luxor, look like uh, look like a nightclub out of a James Bond movie with like diamonds hanging everywhere and stuff. Like it's a more modern decor in some of the more uh, a few of the more modern ones. I can't think of the names right now. What you, well, you know what it was is the nineties. The nineties was when Vegas was really trying to reinvent itself as a family vacation destination. Yep. So. It was much more about – it was much less Sin City and much more about attractions that and having something for every member of the family. So it's not, it's not just showgirls and, and female impersonators and, and dirty lounge acts and, and comedians and things like that. You know, they had – they were introducing rides. They were introducing like family-oriented magic shows, Cirque du Soleil, uh, things like that. Well, yeah. I mean when I was in Vegas, there was over half a dozen different Cirque du Soleil shows in town that were exclusive to different hotels. Some of those have to be counterfeit. No, no. I mean um, there they is spell people – They it differently on each side. Yeah, there is people that were in Cirque du Soleil that formed their own like rip-off, spin-off things. Uh, and I, I got to see a Cirque du Soleil show for the first time in person recently in Atlanta, Georgia, visiting my uh, mom and stepdad and sister. And we saw Totem, and that was fantastic. And I hate interpretive dance. I don't really like circuses. But I was really impressed by it, so I think that says something. Uh, but yeah, here in Vegas Vacation, I think you're right, Thrasher. It ties into what was really going on at the time. It's more of a place where you can take your family. It's a family environment. Not this Las Vegas now is this shithole where there's people on every corner. Hey, kid, want to get raped? You know, it, it's Santa- well, not Not many people, that's not how that service is advertised. Raping. When it's a service. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I so. think you oversold your point there. I did. Pushed a bit too far. I tend to do that sort of thing. 
Vegas, but I mean, they, it's it, yeah. it, it it's it is like malls. If if the malls have something dirty going on, and you can get a ticket, uh, though. I mean, there there's if you have an imagination, there's plenty of ways to entertain yourself in Vegas. Oh, exactly, and uh, and plenty of ways if you don't. Yep. I was amused in Excalibur in the kids section, which they call the dungeon. Uh, they oh had, dear! They had an old uh, Japanese arcade machine from Sega that was a. Uh, a simulator where you flew an airline, uh, airplane, for an airline. Huh. You got to take off the runway and land. Oh, so but, something more high-tech than Microsoft like, Flight Simulator? Like, um, not that complicated, but along those lines, sure. But as an arcade game, it's just bizarre uh, in the U.S., but Japan has a lot of that weird stuff. We're not talking about Japan. We're not talking about video games. For video games, you have to tune into our upcoming show, Video Game Sequel Cast, set to premiere in February 2013. That's a plug, kids. Um, Vegas Vacation. It, when they go to Vegas, there's a nice callback to the original film, where in this one, uh, um, Chevy Chase, who plays the part of Clark Griswold, the father of the, the husband of the family, goes and he's sees, married. No, oh, he's married. Yeah, he sees a girl in the Ferrari, played by Christy Brinkley, and she's really hot. And oh, she has a baby. And in fact, Christy Brinkley played that same exact part, driving the same kind of car in the original first Vacation film. I like that because you know, on the one hand, you know, it's like, you know, hey, time goes on. Although on the other hand, well, aside from being a callback, what is the joke? You can't lust after her because she's had a child? Or was Clark so turned on when he saw her in the first movie that just the aura of his lust impregnated her? Oh, that's some real, uh, that's some X-Men shit right there. Yeah. Some psychic She fucking. got Griswolded. Yeah, she got Griswolded. He, uh... He rolled some craps into her, he did. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, I, I think Randy Quaid, again, is great in this film, as he is in all the theatrical vacation movies. Well, it's so great because, you know, Clark is so uptight, but Randy is so loose. And when they get together, they, they make a perfect comedic diet. And he just pops up when they're in the casino, and he's dressed in flip-flops and snorkels, spilling water everywhere, going, oh, hey, Clark. And, like, you're not supposed to run around in swimsuits and stuff in the casinos. Not that people were dressed up in business suits. It's not quite like that, but there's some formality. Well, no, generally you don't want to walk around any place soaking wet. No, but Randy Quaid is just so, you know, his character is, and allegedly lately his adventures in real life are, are so oblivious that it's just lovable. It's uh, real, real fun. And uh, so what? what is something that sticks out to you in this film? I mean, there's like, a lot of, in a way, this film is an advertisement to Las Vegas to go there with your family. Well, uh, the the uh, there's a the things that I really like in here is there's a lot of just really well observed Las Vegas behavior and minutia. Like I love that bit. Uh, I love that bit where uh, where the cousin Ernie or cousin Eddie goes to take takes Clark to that like all you can eat buffet, and like you know they're damn that you can get some cheap buffets in the casinos because of course they're making so much money with the gambling and the, uh, you know they they can afford to be really really cheap or outright free with food and drinks in some cases and just that bit where they're going down and like you know is what's the macaroni what's the cream corn and they swap the signs and no one can tell and, and, and my absolute favorite when he just kind of he, he's he, Eddie's so happy and he goes up uh, could I could I have some of the yellow <laughs> Don't get cheap on me now. I just, I, yeah. And he has that boyish smile on his face. I <laughs> I love that. I, I, I've seen people do that. I think that's really cute. It is. And I mean, 
I didn't go to a buffet when I was in Vegas, but uh, here where I live in Oregon, we have a lot of the uh, um, Native American casinos. And those have the buffets there, too. And they're kind of overpriced, and it's just sort of a, a cesspool of humanity, really. People eating... I mean, it's just... I just think of, like, the Three Little Pigs or something. Just uh, It's, it's, it's like excess that, defined. That Warner Brothers cartoon, Pigs as Pigs? Exactly. Or a factory farm for human meat? Yes, or... Uh, I'm not a reptilian. You're not? You fooled me no. all those years. I'm a mammal, like all humans. Ah. Very good. <laughs> very, very good. Well, what, what? So what Las Vegas stuff did you like in here? I, you know, I wish there would have been the more different casinos, because the ones they go to are kind of... Not the best, like, not the nicest casinos in Vegas. Although, considering what you think what Clark Griswold might make as a food additive guy, maybe that's realistic. You know, you don't, maybe his bonus was 50000 bucks. I forget if they say what it is in this film. I enjoyed all the business between Clark Griswold, and he has a, a sort of nemesis in the film. I wouldn't know if I'd call him a villain. <laughs> played by, oh, Sean Wallace? Wallace Sean, I'm sorry. Uh who is better known for being like in Princess Bride, inconceivable, and he's the inconceivable, the, and he's the T Rex in uh, the Toy Story films. Does the voice of that? Oh, he's the Grand Nagus on Deep Space Nine. Oh, he's been in so many things, and he he's oh. really he's a real funny, real class. He's been in a lot of Woody Allen films as well. Uh, you know, a real classic character actor, and just he loves needling anyone that comes into town, and in particular Clark Griswold. And Clark Griswold burns a lot of money at his roulette table, or at I think it's a blackjack table. Or poker, maybe. But what I think is really uh, the standout sequence in the film is Clark Griswold goes to a weird little casino where it's kind of like the shittiest casino ever, where the games are like pick a number or guess what's in my hand. Pick a number, which hand 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 is is it? it? Yeah. (laughs) That actually, that is my flat out favorite sequence in this movie. Because. I love that concept. I love a concept of a casino that specializes in the simplest forms of playground gambling and that that's how Clark's going to get his money back. Pick a hand. I'm good at that. Keep on talking, Thrasher. I got to take a piss for a second. <laughs> Professionals. <laughs> yes. Professionals on the sequel cast. So, yeah, and, and you know, this all takes me back to, though, um, there's a whole bit on uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You with Alan Partridge, the radio show. They did an episode uh, for the for those of you who who haven't seen it or haven't listened to it, listen to it now, then come back. But the, the the whole premise is that it's a it's broadcast like it's a real live talk show, but it's not. It's all scripted and fake. And they did an episode supposedly broadcast live from Vegas. Oh, they have this whole thing, this whole routine uh, where he's interviewing a famous gambler. And he's like, you know, only a sucker thinks they got a roulette system. It's like, well, well, I have a roulette system. I'll flip a coin, and it comes up heads. The next time I'll flip it, it's bound to be tiles. And I just imagine that that's what's going through Clark Griswold's head the whole time he's at that at that casino. That he just, of course, he, these games are so simple. How can he lose? And that's another thing that that, that runs through the film is that uh, very early on when they get settled into Vegas, uh, Clark is reading a book on card counting, which is illegal, although I have, uh, or at least I believe was at the time, I have no idea how you can enforce that because it's just using math. 
mathematics, uh, just raw mathematics to, uh, to, to increase your odds of, uh, of, of winning in a card game. Because after all, once a card's drawn, it's probably not coming up again unless something funky's going on. Yes, I mean, in, in Vegas, the odds always favor the house. And I've, I've, even in Vegas, I wish I would have been ballsy and done some, you know, blackjack at a table because that's a game I can actually play. I know nothing about poker. I keep on forgetting what all the hands mean. Um, so I've only done the slot machines, really, in real life. What about you? Did you were you old enough to gamble or no? Uh, not at the time. Okay. Although I did do some gambling. I went down uh, a bit. Went down to a casino uh, in uh, New Orleans and did some gambling there. Yes, I did all right. Uh, uh, I didn't uh, like I, I when it when it came like I think I got like I got seventy five bucks ahead got greedy and then got uh, like five dollars behind. That's what always happens. But then, I, but then <laughs> I got an endless stream of complimentary cocktails, so it it worked out. It's a fun system. I mean, even in the Las Vegas airport, there's fucking uh, slot machines, which yep. is nice if you're stuck there for three hours. It's like you know, <laughs> I can have some adult fun, and you don't get free drinks, of course, in the uh, in the airport casino. That's for pilots. Um, I so did he really like the whole subplot of one of cousin Eddie's daughters is a stripper, and her and Audrey go to town. But since this film is rated uh, PG, it's a very tame experience. When it's a it's a potentially comedic premise where Clark goes, uh, the family goes to pick up uh, Audrey, their daughter, who's dancing at a strip club. But it's a strip club where everyone has clothes or bikinis on. Yeah, that's that's the 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 one sad thing is there's a lot of comedic potential built into that premise, but this film is just not willing to 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 execute it. And and, and frankly, I think it would have been I think it would have been much because because by this point, of course, in the '80s, if you had an, a, a comedy, there was going to be nudity in it. That had sadly stopped by the '90s. And I honestly think a much better scene would have been if Clark <laughs> had ended up going to a strip club and then was recognized, and like a stripper's dancing in front of him, and then recognizes Clark, and it's it's his niece. But what if he went and someone gave him, you know, paid for him to get a lap dance? He somehow ended up confused, you know, in the little lap dance room, and income giving him a, a lap dance is his own daughter. Now that That's- would be. Yeah, that's Dave. That that was what would happen in David Lynch in a David Lynch film or Twin Peaks. Well, no, in a David Lynch film, the, the the lap dance would have continued, but in this film, both of the people would be shocked. Ah. <laughs> Although, how old is uh, is Clark's daughter supposed to be in this film? You know, the kids in this film certainly look older than the other ones. I'd say Russ looks like he's almost out of high school. He can certainly drive. Well, there's a whole thing with Russ trying to get a, getting a fake ID. And isn't he supposed to be the older sibling? That's not consistent in the film. Most oh, of the time he is, except in Christmas Vacation, he's younger. So, yeah, it does, it does, it does, that, it does raise something disturbing. Are they having a someone underage up on that stage. Um, I don't know what the laws in Vegas are about the age for that, but uh, I will say um, a plot I think that works better is all the stuff with Wayne Newton, who is really obsessed with uh, Clark's wife, Ellen, played by Beverly (laughs) D'Angelo. Well, yeah, well, they, they they play Wayne Newton as this suave but smug asshole who's been seducing (laughs) wives in his audience for years. Oh, yeah. 
And he's and Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton is great in this. Like he's he's just he's playing a version of himself that is just slightly off from his stage persona, which is so well honed. Like this, well, this is still Wayne at his peak. It's so well honed; it makes it just so completely believable. Hmm. Uh, oh, and that does lead to one of my other favorite gags, where you know, where where Ellen Griswold is at Wayne Newton's mansion, and Wayne Wayne is painting a picture, and it's a picture of her riding him if he was a centaur. Yes, that's very funny. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, the, she goes to Wayne Newton. I mean, there's a day, I thought this was pretty realistic, where you go on vacation with your family, and at some point you just get sick of each other, and you kind of want to have a day where each of you do your own thing, yeah. and you meet up for lunch or whatever, meet up for dinner at the uh, at the pizza place. And at one point, um, Clark gets so addicted to gambling, he gets so selfish, his whole family turns against him and leaves. And do you think that was sort of believable? You get the kind of conflict in this film where... Uh, Clark Griswold is trying to win his wife back from the uh, the wooing of uh, Wayne Newton himself. I I like uh, I like the the conflict with with uh, with Clark uh, getting his wife back, and I can kind of understand the reaction he gets when he really gets pulled when he really gets pulled into the gambling. Sure, I mean it's a bunch I mean, of flashing lights, and the thing I noticed when I was in Vegas is all the slot machines now are based off of movies. Yeah. I did not notice a National Lampoon vacation slot machine, but there certainly could have been one. Oh, you know they had to have done one to it's like a so, promotional yeah. thing for this movie. Did you know the um the JRR Tolkien estate, which is primarily run by I think Tolkien's son Christopher Tolkien, sued uh, sued successfully to get the Lord of the Rings slot machines taken down. I can understand that. Even I can though understand. they're based on the films it's all very complicated with the licensing true although i i can understand why they wouldn't want a a derivative work well i understand why they why they why they wouldn't necessarily want you know the the works of tolkien associated with gambling yeah um i i don't know i think it's I mean, there's a really, this is unrelated to Vegas Vacation, but there's a really great interview, I'll, I'll post it up at facebook.com slash sequelcast, with uh, Christopher Tolkien, that it's the first interview he's given in 50 years, and he just says how much he hates the Peter Jackson live-action films, and how they cheapen the original Tolkien work, and how it just turns them into mindless action films, which I don't think that's entirely fair, I can I mean... The books are almost more like travelogues, really. Yeah, I was about to say better, better an action film than a travelogue documentary, but um, I, 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 w- I wouldn't agree with that. But I, I mean, I enjoyed those films. But it's it's interesting the tangents we can go on on the sequel cast, isn't it? Uh, speaking of uh, you know Vegas vacation, I thought those cameo by Sid Caesar was cute. I loved that. Like I, I love I love classic comedy. Uh, I adore Sid Caesar, and I love that we get this kindly old man, and it's Sid Caesar, and he just gets to do some Sid Caesar stick, and it works. It's kind of an emotional moment. I'm not sure if that beat works, but Sid Caesar is surprisingly still alive. Like, <laughs> I like, like the way you said that. Well, it's a kind of a sequel cast tradition where it's usually we're talking about older movies, and there's some people from the cast that are dead. And uh, but Sid Caesar, he's a uh, keeps on ticking. He's a funny man. You got to keep going when you're a funny man. He is, and uh, 
the whole uh did you like all the business with Russ's pop Nick Papa Giordio? I I like I like that. I like like all the the shtick with him trying to get the like with him talking with that that uh, busker who 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 gets in the fake ID by having him stick his head through this hole in his sandwich board. It's 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 a great visual gag and uh, the way it happens. But but yeah, I do kind of I do like that whole that that Nick Papa Giorgio persona. And the thing is that is very powerful when you're in when you're in a city. You're not going to be there long, and no one knows you. You can, on a whim, craft a new persona, and it can take you to some amazing places. Hmm. Also, Nick Papa Giorgio, uh, back in Norfolk, Virginia, we had a radio DJ who went under the the name Nick Papa Giorgio after this film. That's pretty funny. Matt, I've got a great idea for a podcast. You and me, we watch movies, right? And some of them are kind of bad, and so we make fun of them. But maybe some of them are good. Chris... That's a great idea. Let's do it. And eat snacks. Movie Fighters, an original idea on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Oh boy, I can't wait for Future History 101 today. I hear Prof. Timesworth is going to teach us about World War VI. Gather round, students. It is time to learn. Podford University, where history and future are the same class. Available on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. What would your uh, fake ID name be? Oh, you know, the thing I can think of is uh, a friend of mine did a website where you create a fake name for yourself. You know, it's randomly generated. Mm-hmm. And and he picked like a fake uh, a name for what would be a, a bad guy in Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> And uh, what his name was, uh, Chainsaw Sexy Pants. So I think I'd use that as my name. I really like... It'd be either Chainsaw Sexy Pants, or for a more realistic name, I'd pick Reginald Dwight. Hmm. I would... uh, Mine uh, would be, and is, Daniel Tyler, professional kickboxer. Professional kickboxer being his last name. Very good. And he's also a kickboxer. I mean... uh... You know, Penn Gillette, the uh, the larger half of Penn and Teller, he, he has a daughter whose name is Moxie Crime Fighter. Named oh, named after the cartoon dog on the uh, cart on the show that he used to work on. Moxie, or, or was the oh okay? Yeah, it was. It was. It was one. Of, it was the Cartoon Network's first piece of original programming, which they uh, showed when it first premiered. Uh, the star was uh, Moxie, a CGI dog voiced by Bobcat Goldwaite, and his best friend Flea, voiced by Penn Jillette. Uh And Moxie was all animated through motion capture. That would have been a pretty early example of motion capture. It w- it was, but it's it, it it's it, it didn't it didn't look bad. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think the ending of this film really works well, where Nick Papa Giorgio, you know, otherwise Rusty, is so successful with all his gambling that he wins his family four cars. Yeah. And they can all drive home in separate cars. That's a real nice moment. No, I do like that. I do like that we get a Griswold convoy leaving Vegas. Yeah. I guess that means they abandoned their original car. Yeah, you don't get to see the classic uh, Griswold car in this one, I don't think. Or do you? The green car? No. I would hope you do. Maybe in the beginning, I don't quite recall. But I mean, what they drive home in 
is in a Dodge Viper, a Ford Mustang, a Hummer H1, and a Ford Aspire. All of which I'm sure paid handsomely to have their cars put in this movie. Yeah, the hotel's mainly used in this film. You get the Mirage, and, uh... You know, a lot of the film is actually filmed at the Wayne Newton's actual home. Which is pretty damn cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very generous of him. And, uh... I mean, this film is PG, it, it feels it. Well, I mean, why don't we uh, rate this film? Well, actually, can I talk about one more thing? Yeah, go ahead. Th- this goes back to, to Cousin Eddie just being kind of a sad sack character. When, when Clark needs more money, you know, Eddie decides he's going he's gonna to pay Clark back. Presumably, like, he's going to help out Clark, presumably to, like, maybe pay him back for the stuff from Christmas Vacation. But you find out that Eddie sold one of his organs because he figured he wasn't going to need two. I think it was his, his kidney because he wasn't going to need two. Yeah. And has all these secret coffee cans stuffed with the money from the illegal organ sale hidden in hidden in his family's backyard, which used to be an H-bomb testing range. Or he has his kids play in a pit full of snakes. I thought that was the first one. No, Maybe I think, it's no, I think it's the Vegas one, and I mean, there's a really funny move where he, it's revealed that uh, one of Cousin Eddie's daughters is a stripper, and the line from Cousin Eddie, uh, played by Randy Quaid, is she's got her daddy's move and her she's got her daddy's moves and her mama's sense of balance. <laughs> I like that. It's oh, very very funny. There's a similar line in the first film where uh, Cousin Eddie's talking about one of his daughters. I'm not sure if it's meant to be the same character. Where he says she whistles like a bird and eats like a horse. <laughs> and I mean the line reads absurdly, but it's the way he delivers it. It's just so sincere. Well, it makes sense if you know the, those phrases. Yeah. So, um, National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. Let's rate it on a scale of one to five stars. I'll start. I think Vegas Vacation is a solid uh, three out of five stars. It's okay. Is it better than a lot of recent Chevy Chase stuff? Perhaps all of it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, I think so. It, it has some heart to it, and uh, the, the Griswolds still feel like the Griswolds, even though this film technically is just titled Vegas Vacation. National Lampoon isn't in the name at all, which is kind of, that has to be to some licensing issue, I imagine. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's solid. It has some funny parts, has some not-so-funny parts. The... Uh, the kids perhaps aren't as as great in this one, but you get really solid comedic moments, especially between Chevy Chase, Randy Quaid, and Wallace Shawn. Thrasher, uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a. Th- you know, I I I did like this. I'm gonna give it three and a half. I'm gonna oh, give it three and a half. Uh, whether you're a fan of Chase or the movies in general, uh, it's just it's so. And I think I find it has it's more has more life and is just generally breezier uh, than the previous entry in the series. That Certainly. being the Christmas vacation, which kind of gets too too, too schmaltzy, yeah, too schmaltzy, too yeah, burdened yeah, yeah. with its own sentimentality. Too many, right. also too many characters. Sure, with the extended family, good, good, very good point. Um, so now that we talked about that. Um, before going on to pitch a sequel, I want to take a minute to talk about some of the more recent developments in the Vacation franchise. Go on. So, uh, Vegas Vacation came out in 97. Six years later, in 2003, it was the made-for-TV, you know, direct-to-DVD film, National Lampoon's Christmas, Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. 
which uh, you just, know it's going to be a weak entry yeah, when events is part of the title. I sadly saw this, and um, it's uh, it's written by Maddie Simmons, who produced uh, the National Lampoon Vacation movies, and also was a producer in Animal House. Um, so he has a history with the franchise, and you get the character of uh, Audrey. Griswold played by the same actress that played her in the very first vacation film. And you get a cameo from Eric Idle playing the same character as in European Vacation. They just happen to bump into him in the airport and knock him around and stuff. But the plot is... So let me... I'm going to describe the plot, Thrasher, and tell me if this sounds like a good movie. Go right ahead. Uh, Cousin Eddie works at... Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. He can't hold down a job. Continue. Very good. Well, that's part of the plot. He he works with a uh, a monkey, and the monkey is deemed smarter with him than him. Then he gets fired. But as he what goes, does he do with the monkey? I I don't quite remember. It's some sort of testing testing some device, I think. But uh, after he goes to complain about it, the monkey shoves something up his butt, and uh, cousin Eddie is injured. So he gets some kind of settlement money because they don't want to go into a lawsuit. They sort of pay him off. And he uses that money to take his whole family to the island in the, an island in the South Pacific. And they get in a boat and they get stranded and they get stuck on an island. And uh, a local Australian guy in town who Audrey uh, has the hots for comes and rescues them. But he kind of gets lost there too. And they eventually get back in an airplane that Cousin Eddie has to fitfully land by himself without killing everyone. Um, the The characters that are... Or, or with them is, I guess Randy has an extra kid whose name is Clark, named after Clark Griswold, but the character doesn't act like Clark Griswold. He's more of like a know-it-all nerd. Um, well, pre- presumably Clark isn't the father. Right, no, no, no. It's a, it's a kid Randy Quaid had, I think. And it's um, it's just dreadful. It's You get a few okay moments. There's a moment I enjoy on the island where... Uh, Cousin Eddie's hallucinating, and he imagines that him and his wife are like Tarzan and Jane, and it's filmed in black and white. And he has nightmares about the monkey that caused him to get fired from his job. I think that's okay stuff. But uh, also playing a a distant family member is Ed Asner, who's the cranky grandpa that comes along. So it's a good... Fred Willard is in this as well. Uh, It's a good cast. He elevates anything. Yeah, very good cast. But not very good material. Uh, in an interview, the writer Maddie Simmons was complaining because this was made for ABC Family. or No, it premiered on NBC, I'm sorry. Uh, they're really limited for any kind of content as far as darkness and the humor, which is kind of a National Lampoon trademark, so a lot of the humor just feels uh, cut off at the knees. It's hmm. It's not worth anybody's time. Which is a shame because Quaid is such a, a great comedic actor. It is, and it's called Christmas Vacation too because they celebrate Christmas while on this island. Uh, well, I guess which, you got to tie it into a ho- holiday to make it work as a special, right? So trick people into watching. Not, uh, not so good. I know that's a shocker. And uh, seven years after that, in 2010, there was a uh, something that was a commercial, but they also made a short film kind of off of it called Hotel Hell Vacation. Which was spawn- it was a campaign ad for HomeAway, which is a website for uh, vacation rentals. You know, Where you you rent a house instead of staying at a hotel. Exactly, uh, which isn't a terrible idea, really. 
when you consider how much hotels charge. I've never used a home away service, but uh, anyway, this this video uh, features Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo reprising their role as Clark and Ellen Griswold as they decide to have a second honeymoon in a really shitty hotel. I guess the idea being it's advertising home away is better because it's not a hotel. It's like a house that you're in. <laughs> yeah, well, well, they also go to a comically shitty hotel. They do. And have you ever been, like, uh, as an adult, uh, you've been to a lot of hotels going to your uh, comic conventions, right? Uh, gaming conventions, but yes. Okay, gaming conventions. I'm sorry. I don't, World that, of difference. Is that an insult? I don't know. No, it's not. I guess it's not an insult, but <laughs> I, I like specifics because you know, I'm, go, I'm going there professionally as a writer and illustrator for games uh so it, it it's if it's the wrong kind of convention then i'm not i'm not i'm not keeping true to the to the william thrasher brand okay okay right okay 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 as, <laughs> okay. Uh, jo- as joe pesci would say in uh, lethal weapon and probably home alone as well uh hotel hell vacation what did you think of this short film well uh it it was entertaining. Uh, most of its flaws, what few flaws it has, although they they do bog it down. Most of them simply come to the the timing of the gags. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, Clark, I'm sorry. Uh, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo both have great comic timing and are both very very comfortable working with each other. But no one else in the movie really has a good sense of comic comic timing. So you know the. It's a real. It's like, like a. It's a two-bit supporting cast. Oh yeah, I mean, nicely. where where it's really uh, obvious is uh, when they're talking to the 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 concierge. clerk or concierge at the hotel, yeah. and you know they're going over they're going over like different fees and whatnot. It's one of those scenes where like the scene the scene keep the scene goes on forever, but it's supposed to because the longer they talk, the more weird fees and services keep showing up. But the the problem is the guy the guy playing the concierge he doesn't deliver these things with any particular sense of timing so there's no kind of build as a result these reveals of for an additional for an additional ten dollars all your towels will be folded into hearts for seven dollars we will do swans and like that's a great line I, I think that's a delightful line but it's just it falls flat because it's just not spread out properly. Not only is it not spread out properly it doesn't build up to a manic pitch it doesn't oh, yeah. it's not a rapid fire rat-a-tat-tat sort of dialogue which could have helped the sequence but you're it just kind of hangs there like dead air and you realize wow this is you know four minutes on hotel towels well uh, you know what what that is is that as a result there's no slow burn for clark where he snaps like he usually does in every movie exactly he, he just, he just, he, his wife just decides, let's not stay here. And he's like, yeah, let's not. And then they just kind of leave. Although, do you notice when they leave, they seem to leave with more luggage than they came to the hotel with? They do. And when they leave, their, uh, their car is, I guess, so it stays still and doesn't drive off or something, is tied to the signage of the hotel. Yeah, for some reason, it's just been tied there. And, and it's tied there. And originally, it reads four star hotel. And when they drive off, they rip most of the stars off, so it just reads as a one-star hotel. Just like a cute, so a cute visual. That's funny. I think there's a very good visual gag where, um, uh, what's the name of the the wife? Ellen, Ellen is on the on her iMac, you know, chatting mm-hmm. with uh, their son Russ. And meanwhile, in the background, with what the camera on the computer can see, you can see the shower, and Clark is taking a shower, and he walks out, and is well, like a. Uh, his meat and two badger dangling around. Well, you know, 
what it is when, when they first went into the Napoleon suite, so named because it's tiny. Ha ha. When they when they first get in there, like I notice, huh? There's a window in the wall that looks directly into the shower. Why is that there? Oh, it's because they need it for a joke. And I think it's a it's a funny joke. And well, what really makes it work is like is is you get some good physical comedy with 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 uh, Chevy Chase in the sh- in this tiny shower trying to wash his hair, but then how it kind of goes from him just chatting himself into the shower to like the Clark Griswold Express is ready to pull into the station, <laughs> doot, doot, by which he yeah. means his penis, and yeah. he comes out to try to have sex with his wife, not knowing that she's on Skype with yeah. uh with their with their son and grandchildren. Sure, it's uh. I, I think in, in some ways parts of hotel vacation are better than Vegas vacation or European vacation, even though, and it was officially sanctioned by Warner Brothers, but it was not sponsored by the National Lampoon label. Uh, so this was a canonical adventure. Yeah. Uh, more recently, there was a, an ad campaign in December 2012 for Old Navy, where um, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo reprised their role again in a commercial that took off a Christmas vacation with them lighting up the lights outside the house, and it lights up Old Navy clothes at the same time. And, uh, but, but that wasn't canonical. It wasn't, but like as part of the cast, you have different Rusties and different Audreys from different films all together, which I didn't realize at first. They're very short. You have to like pause and kind of get that as a joke, but you get like Juliette Lewis, who was Audrey in Christmas Vacation, and uh, Anthony Michael Hall, who was Russ in the very first Vacation film. Uh, but they're all like in kind of an Elseworlds thing. All the Russes and a bunch of the Audreys that are still alive and available are all together. It's uh, it's it's very amusing. So, along those lines, there's been uh, some articles in Hollywood Reporter. Although I, there hasn't been a teaser for this yet, but I'm wondering if it, it's supposed to come out in 2013. A new vacation film titled New Vacation about the character of Russ taking his own family out in a vacation, and Russ is going to be played by Ed Helms of uh, The Office and Hanover fame. Uh-huh. And, you know... I don't know if I... I don't buy him as Russ. I know a script's been written, and they said it's apparently been filmed, but there's no teasers. There hasn't been any set photos, so it could be possible this is just a rumor that got pretty far in development process that never got anywhere. I don't know. Uh, you know what it also could mean? It could mean quote-unquote, third-act troubles. Yes. They'll fix it in the green room, fix it in post. Mm. So, who knows? So, I mean, apparently there could be a new vacation film coming out in 2013, uh, potentially. So, we'll see. It's been a successful franchise. I wouldn't mind another vacation film. And certainly in interviews, Chevy Chase has said he's wanted to do a new... He's been writing a new vacation film with Beverly D'Angelo, or at least, you know, an outline for one. Cool. Uh, so, th- that could be potentially amusing. And his pitch for one is do the instead of Swiss Family Robinson, the Griswold Family Robinson. I could see that. I mean, there, there's some comic potential with getting that family lost at sea. I think so too. Well, we talked about these different vacations, but also, why don't we do pitch a sequel in which we pitch a sequel to Vegas Vacation? We've talked about some real world sequels, spinoffs that happened or in development. So uh, I think I think I'll start this time. Vegas vacation ends up the family's back together. Family's a bit older, maybe a bit wiser. This is going to be called Highway Vacation. It takes place immediately after Vegas vacation. It talks about their trip on the highway back home to the windy city of Chicago. And they're in different cars, and they go to different cities. They get split up. They get lost. And what happens? And it'd be sort of stylistically filmed in a different film stock or 
Some would be digital film, some would be 16 or 8 millimeter, depending on which family member you're following. Would you follow that dogma film uh, convention? For one of them, sure, where, uh, you know, they're everything's done in one take with computer-controlled cameras and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, It would be very weird, kind of an abstract thing, and it would be a way how you could get the budget down by just having the cast for a certain amount of days so we wouldn't have to have all the cast members together at the same amount of time. And maybe Chevy Chase would film all his stuff via blue screen. I don't know. <laughs> and you, you'd composite him into the car. I'm having a great time on this vacation. So. I'm driving through Missouri. <laughs> I'm driving through Missouri. It's so much fun. Uh, what's your pitch for a new vacation film? Well, mine would be uh, National Lampoon's Revelatory Vacation. Oh. And this is where we learn the dark secret of the Griswolds. You know how mm. the uh, the children are played by uh, by different actors? Indeed, each, I do. Uh, each film? Yes. Well, they were actually playing different characters because it turns out Clark and Ellen Griswold are lunatics and have been raising three <laughs> separate fa- – I'm sorry, four separate f- children, always Rusty and Audrey, uh, with different orders of birth. Uh, it's all part of a long-term experiment that Clark is conducting at the behest of the food – Food, uh, at the food additive company, and the results of that, te- the results of that, uh, the testing that they've secretly been doing on the kids is finally about to come in, and the Griswolds understandably have become uh, attached to their four different sets of children, and they realize that the food additive company to tie up loose ends is going to have the children eliminated to remove all evidence of their experiments once the results come in. So Clark and Ellen Griswold invite their whole extended families over all the different Russes and all the different Audreys and of course, and their, and their own children, uh, including a pair sired by a Russ and Audrey in an act of incest brought about by a psycho psychotropic coma caused by the food additives they've been testing uh, and reveal to them what's really been going on in all these films and how now, now they have to run for their lives. That sounds positively Cronenbergian. That's what I aim for. There is some lynchitude in there, too. you got to have lynchitude. Well, let's uh, take a little break, talk about our um, affiliate programs and stuff for a second. Okay. If you don't mind. Take it away. So if you go to our website, SequelCast.com, there's a lot of fun links on there we'd like you to try out if you like the show. Uh, first and most importantly, it costs money to do this uh, podcasting thing. And if you want to help us out, you just go to SequelCast.com, click the Donate button on the top, and we have a link to our uh, PayPal account where you can donate. We've uh, had uh, some listeners donate already, and that's that's been a great help. Every little bit helps. There's, you know, fees on, on my end for, you know, hosting the show and getting audio equipment and all this stuff, renting movies, going to see movies in the theater for the show. So all that stuff really helps. Uh if you want to listen to sequel cast but don't want to, don't have the time to download it, another great way to listen to it is on Stitcher. Get the app at stitcher.com slash sequelcast, and you'll get sequelcast automatically added as one of your favorite shows. And you can check out our sister shows, Sequelcast Special, and uh, the late departed sequel commentary, although all the episodes are still up through download. You can download SequelCast merchandise at sequelcast.com through our Cafe Press link. And uh, if you like buying movies on amazon.com, and let's be frank, who doesn't? You can uh, click our Amazon link on there uh, next time you go shopping, and we get a little taste of uh, what you get. But be sure to clear out your cookies before you click the Amazon link. Got to clean out your cookies. That's what my mom told me 
Keeps you nice and uh, minty fresh. Keeps the lice out, too. Uh, Always good to know in these troubled times. In these economic hardships where we could be entering a second recession in the United States. Yes, very much so. And if you like SequelCast, of course, check out Facebook.com slash SequelCast. That's where we do a lot of the chatter with the fans. Did I miss anything? Uh, Stitcher? I already said Stitcher. Then we're good. You must have gone into a coma. You must be hearing it in your sleep. I've been taking food additives. <laughs> That's very Griswoldian of you. <laughs> so, uh, we'll of you. Of you. You? Uh, you. On Saturday. Welcome to Saturday Night Live, starring Nora John. Dunn. Nora Dunn and John Lovitz. Dana Carvey. Chevy Chase. Dennis the, Miller. The asshole. By that, I mean Chevy Chase. <laughs> okay, yeah. Brian Doyle Murray. Gilbert Bill Hartman. Gilbert Gottfried. That Australian woman. That not Australian woman. <laughs> we sacked her after six episodes. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to do our final segment here on SequelCast called Pitch a Sequel. God damn it. Called What called You Watching. What, 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 what you watching? Uh, why don't you start, Thrasher? Okay. Well, I've been busy uh, doing a lot of writing, so I haven't, uh, sadly, I haven't had much time to, to read as, as much as I'd like. But as a result, I've been taking lots of little breaks during the day and playing uh, quick rounds of video games. And as a result, I've rediscovered my love of Mario Kart 7. Now, is that the one on the 3DS? Uh, yes, it is. Is it literally called Mario Kart 7? Uh, yes, it is. It is Mario Kart Seven. Okay, because they not Mario Kart Three D or anything like that. Interesting. That's unlike Nintendo to do a number at the end. Although I like that they they've kind of kept that continuity between all the Mario Karts. Yeah, that's true. Um, so what is but it about? It's very funny. If you like Mario Kart, you'd like this, and it is kind of a best of because about half of the race tracks are just race tracks from earlier versions of Mario Kart going all the way back to the original one on the Super Nintendo. Oh, I played the shit out of that Super Nintendo one. Well, uh, I did. So my dad and I, that was our favorite game. Oh, great. Uh, I played that with my sister a lot, my stepbrother and stepsister. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a big hit, really accessible. Not, It's not like a racing sim, something like Forza uh, or Gran Turismo, where it's way too complicated to have any fun with. I I think um, Mario Kart's a lot. I haven't tried the 3DS one. I did get to play the Wii one from a few years ago, going back to Atlanta for Christmas in 2012, and played that with a friend. And I was very skeptical at first about tilting the controller, the Wiimote side to side to do the turns, but it works really well. It's very subtle. With the, and you don't have to play it that way, of course, but that's a fun way to do it. So yeah. I think that's a I lot like it. of fun. And the online multiplayer is pretty fun, too. Very good. It's competition is fierce. So fierce. So mm-hmm. fierce. Fierce I, Ambrose Pierce. Yes. I Up recently down. have been uh, reading a book as research for the next series we're going to cover in sequel cast. By cool. next series, I mean the Star Wars saga. All uh, six films plus an episode on oh, the spinoffs, oh, oh. like the Clone Wars. That's going to keep us very occupied through February and March. And uh, this book, Secret History of Star Wars is by Michael Kaminsky, and he takes a look at different versions of the script 
of the different Star Wars films over the years and clips from interviews and kind of sees how they change over time. Oh, cool. And uh, But this book is like 700 pages or something. It's huge. And, and this guy did his research and did... I think he might have done interviews for the book as well, uh, aside just from using clips from online interviews and stuff. It's it's really well written. Some people have criticized it as being a giant uh, message board post, but no, I think it's far better than that. If you really uh, like the like the concept of uh, screenplays and how they change draft to draft, I think you and like Star Wars beyond that, I think you will get a kick out of the secret history of Star Wars, the art of storytelling, and the making of a modern epic by Michael Kaminsky. You can check that book out at secrethistoryofstarwars.com. And you can read the first 100 pages for free on his website. So I've been having a kick with that. I think we got time to do one more What You're Watching. Hmm. Thrasher? Well, uh, oh, actually, no, I have discovered something. So uh, I make no bones. I love uh, British comedy, and I'm super, super thrilled because uh, with the new year, they've started releasing the new season of Peep Show uh, on on Hulu. So I've been uh, uh, during lunch every day. I've been watching an episode of that. I'm I am two episodes in. <laughs> Hulu has a lot of great uh, British programming. But no, this is this is a great show. It's 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 a show about two terrible people living terrible lives. But the the flair is every now and then the camera switches to the POV of one of the two main characters, and you get to hear their internal monologue, hmm. and you get to hear what they're really thinking in the moment as they make terrible decisions about their lives. Is it one of those um, BBC shows where you kind of flinch and start sweating at the awkwardness of the situations they're put um, in? Never at the awkwardness, but so often at the horribleness. I see. Yes. Such such as when when uh, one of the characters, uh, uh, not to give too much away, but a character a character dies, and uh, one of the main characters is at the funeral. He he abridges his own eulogy so he can leave the funeral early to go to a job interview. <laughs> For a job that he doesn't really even want, he's just so miserable where in his life now he's willing to do it, try anything. I see. That's pretty neat. Uh, something I've enjoyed recently is I've been playing a little bit of... I'm trying to think what I haven't already talked about on this show. I've been messing around with a a program on my new Mac Mini called Game Salad. Cool. And you can develop iOS games, and I'm working on an iOS game uh, right now for it through the sequel cast, you know, through my production company, Hipster Goblin, which also produces the sequel cast podcast, and uh, getting a hand of it. And it's really fun. I think it's pretty flexible. I'm kind of learning the basics, but I'm developing sort of a a choose-your-own-adventure, text-adventure sort of thing. And I hope to be done with it and release it in October because of its uh, uh, subject matter. So cool. we'll see. I'll, I'll probably get it done before then. Maybe I'll release it before October. Maybe I'll do, but we'll see. That's a, that's a long way coming. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the sequel cast episode on Vegas vacation. You can check out other episodes at sequelcast.com. Be sure to tune in next week where we kick off our look at the Star Wars saga. And in case it's you been want, a long time it's, coming. It's been a long time coming. We've been promising it for a very, very long time. And I don't know why I said it like that. And uh, when we do this, 
We're going to do it in order of theatrical release as we do, not chronological in the way the movies go, because that, you know, that's not authentic. To, movies are released in theaters. We'll in have it make sense at the end. Forward. Yeah, it'll make sense at the end. Uh, so we'll be doing, over the next few weeks, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, and uh, an episode about the spinoffs, including the theatrical Star Wars: The Clone Wars show, the Droids cartoon, Ewoks cartoon, the board games, the video games, all that stuff. So that's all coming up and on the two hard boiled eggs and two hard boiled eggs. Honk. Partially cracked. You gotta do the rest of the work yourself. We did the first crack for you. <laughs> and uh, during the sequel cast series of shows, we might even have a contest going on. So keep your eyes peeled at Facebook.com/sequelcast. Very nice. Uh, I do want to close this episode out by giving a shout out to sequel cast listener uh, Josh Gullion. Cool. He is uh, recovering from a um, a stroke. And I've never met him in person, but I've had a lot of fun chats over Facebook with him. And it sounds like he's doing better. It's just uh, a, a road to recovery with uh, uh, physical That's therapy good. and speech therapy. So I'm, I'm glad that he's recovered from the the stroke okay and he's making further recovery. And we uh, we here at SequelCast wish you the best. We're thinking about you, man. Yeah. Uh, have you met him? I, I know he's a friend of your friend, Robert Gruber. I may I may have actually physically met him uh, at Comic Palooza last year. He's a fellow with a beard. I know that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. Well, very good. And um, I'm thinking about him when I think about these vacation films we've been talking about, because he was the winner of our contest for the vacation films on DVD. And uh, he said how excited he was to get those films. And then shortly cool. afterward, uh, had the uh, stroke. But he's improving, so keep on, keep on trucking, Josh. And uh, yeah, check more episodes out at SequelCast. Uh, uh, Greg, give me, give me some birds. Let me hear some birds. Yes, loving you is easy because you're beautiful. Making love to you.